Welcome to the Rediscovering Biblical Manhood podcast. We're growing men who fear the Lord, but do not fear our identity in Christ. The enemy is hard at work in our fallen world. So come on, join us in fighting for the restoration of men's hearts through the church, the word, and our risen Savior, Jesus. Well, we are back. It's 2024. Happy New Year, Jay. It's been a few minutes between drinks, but we are here. Um, welcome to the future. Yeah, Happy New Year. 2024 already, and things are moving fast. It's uh, hard to believe, but here we are, and talking again about the things that really matter. And to, and to all the listeners that are like, where are these guys been? Did they disappear? Has the podcast stopped? No, life has taken over. Uh, we've obviously been through the holidays and Jay and I made the conscious decision for the first time on this podcast to really take a Sabbath and uh, and spend time not getting up early in the morning just to just to talk and rap between ourselves, but actually be present between holidays and fun. So we are back, Jay, and we are in part two of secret agent training, or is this part three now? It doesn't matter. We know that we left last podcast with the the, the setup that today we were going to be talking about a certain topic. That's right. Today we're going to revisit the poser because a big part of being able to exist in this world authentically is knowing who your inauthentic selves are. So we're going to pray and jump into this topic. Lord, thank you for this new year, this fresh new year. God, we ask your blessing upon it, upon everybody that is listening to this podcast, regardless of when, where, that your favor would be upon them that these words would bring ideas to their mind, actions to their heart, Lord, and that you would just use us to be a vessel of your communication. Get us out of the way and let your Holy Spirit reign in this conversation. In your name that we pray, amen. Amen. So let's go back, listeners. Let's go back, Jay, to the holiday period where you're standing with your family around the Christmas tree or around the fireplace, and either your daughter or your aunt shouts, let's get the photo. And your boy, oh boy, here we go. Put down the eggnog, stroll on over, everybody puts their arms around each other, and then the countdown begins. Now, for the listener, how excited are you in that moment, right, where everybody's orchestrating everything for you to put on this happy face, and then it goes three, two, one, and you put on the happy face. And Jay, when I think of that, and I watched actually some of my nieces and nephews do this seven, eight, nine, ten times to get the photo. It was quite interesting to see the distinction in their smile between the first smile and the last smile. And you could definitely see the performance on the last smile as to the first smile. And, and I think that that's, that's a great intro to where we are today when it comes to this idea of posing. So if you could redefine, Jay, for us, when you think poser as a Christian man, what are you talking about? Well, these are the masks that we show the world. And they're not authentically us. So we're in a situation and it's, it's usually the poser is a defense mechanism to a wound we haven't dealt with. So there are ways you need to be appropriate in certain situations. When I'm in a business meeting in the boardroom, I'm my authentic self, but I'm not quite the same way I am when I'm hanging out with you and the guys. But I'm not being inauthentic. Generally, Poser is a response to, we get triggered by something, some environment, or, we, or we're, we're, we're just so radically not ourselves. We're covering up something. It's like a fig leaf in the garden, right? Adam was naked and didn't care. 
Adam got a little more knowledge, Adam needed a fig leaf to hide behind. The poser is a persona we create to hide behind because we don't want people to know something about us. Last night, I had uh, the privilege of going into one of our local restaurants with the owner of that restaurant. And I met him as we were walking in, so literally walked into his or onto his property with him. And the greeting that I got and this neutral kind of just flat face that I received was completely different than three and a half hours later after our meal. And I thought to myself, and I was speaking with my wife on the drive home, wow, what a radical shift from when we entered to when we finished. And I know that every listener on this podcast has had that experience, whether it's a brand new environment, or as Jay said, in a workplace, or even sometimes sitting around as a family and or with friends, there are certain masks that we wear. But I just want to reiterate as we as we enter this discussion that masks aren't good or bad per se, they are. And what we're trying to do here is not say that you wear or don't wear them, but be aware of them. Yourself, right? There's that ancient axiom, know thyself. And what does that mean biblically? Like when we think through a biblical lens, we talk a lot about on this podcast on knowing who you are in Christ, your identity in Christ. That's critical. When it comes to the poser, what's the, a couple of interesting, interesting things in my observation, the poser. One is generally other people know when you're doing it to some extent <laughs> because, but you don't know that they know because there is a level of inauthenticity to it that comes off, right? And you know, when people are being genuine with you, it's, it's a, it's a sense we have as humans. The other piece is the poser keeps us from digging deep on ourselves and from learning and being sensitive to what God is saying to us to growing in our walk with Christ because it becomes a mode that I put on and and you can have several layers of poser. So it's not that you're just holding people away from you, but you're also holding yourself away from yourself. And that's, that's, what's truly interesting. You're not dealing with something that is kind of holding you frozen in a moment of time from a maturity standpoint, and you can't move forward from there. And then it's more, it's difficult to unlock the story of your life. So like we talked about secret agent training, it's hard to be totally in tune with everything that's going on when the poser is getting in the way. I'm trying to think of examples from, from my early childhood through, through, you know, my early steps as a believer, Jay, as to where, where that was. I think that something that I've realized growing up, I used to do, and again, this is weird. I don't think we've ever spoken about this, Jay, too, but like when I was growing up and be, this is pre like Facebook, right? Pre posting online. I used to love to take Polaroids with the females in my life school wise, right? So not, not my family females, but I used to love getting in photos with, oh, look at all the girls around me. And that was kind of this idea of then I'd go and I'd go home and I'd literally using blue tack. I'm not sure what you call it here. Blue tack, the stuff you put on the back of the photos to stick it on the wall. I'd put them all up in my room. So when people came in and visited my Facebook room, right, all of these physical <laughs> Polaroids on my wall, they'd be like, whoa, look at Chico and all of his friends. And the pose was, and look at all the girls in his life. Yeah, total ladies, man. The original Facebook, the Polaroid on the wall in my room. But, you know, our entire society now, at least in the Western world, is based on posing. I mean, 90% of what you see on social media is a total pose. And 
it comes out when you're watching somebody's life and everything looks so phenomenal. And then you find out they're getting a divorce. You're like, whoa. Oh. So, you know, a lot of times I sit around now wondering to myself, I wonder what, like when I encounter somebody's poser, I always think, I wonder what wound has gone That's, undealt with in their life. And and so that that was the healing, right? And and I'm so glad that you went there. So in, in my spiritual healing, I went and addressed that. No, I, I walked right back into that. What was that about? You know, and, and, and why was I doing that? And what did that have to do with not only my upbringing, but my relationship with my parents? And therefore, what impact has that had on my marriage? So there's a whole lot of, you know, backtracking once you identify or you pray and you, and you realize and are told what it is that you were doing in that, in that moment. Yeah, you know, I had some unique experiences over the holidays, my son's getting married this weekend. My father passed over the holidays, as you know, Chica. And one of the interesting things is that that process was he, it took weeks and he had a lot of family around him, a lot of love, which was amazing. It was a really incredible process. One of the things I could say a lot of things about my dad, but one of the things I could say about him is he was not a poser. Like if you ever met him and you met him, Chica, he was who he was. It was very unique about him in every situation. Like my dad just didn't have that posing gene. But at the end of his life, as we were all sitting around the bed and telling stories, one of the things that occurred to me was almost everything we're striving for is so besides the point. Like none of that even matters. Mm. I'm sitting in this room and he's about to pass all the things we care about. And you hear people talk about this, but I just got to live it so vividly. Like it doesn't matter. And then after he passed, you know, and they came to collect the body, I stayed in the room while they did all that work, you know, my mom and sister and brother went to the chapel in the hospice center we were at. It was a very beautiful experience, but I just remember standing there and it's so very industrious, right? They come, they wrap it, they move it over to the gurney, they roll it out and you're like, wow, that's it. Like, that's it. And then I had this thought that almost everything I care about outside of the people I love completely dis- doesn't, doesn't matter. matter at all. Like it struck me so powerfully mm. and I'm like, wow, that now I understand what Jesus is saying, love other people. Like that's really just, that's it. And when we're posing, we can't love other people because we're not loving ourselves. And you can't love someone the way you love yourself when you're wounded and hiding it from yourself. Thank you for sharing that, Jay. Um, I think of the the verses, you know, Jesus spoke about this a lot. And one of the verses that popped up just as you were finishing that thought was First um, John chapter 4, where he says, whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister, whom they have seen, cannot love God, whom they have not seen. And I, I just, I, what resonates with me with what you just shared there about your dad in reality this last week for you, is that it is the people, you know, that, and, and so that does matter, and people do matter. And so therefore, why would you rip people off by wearing a mask your whole life or rip that relationship off by not addressing the wound that you're trying to protect yourself? That's really pride, right? I think that some of that comes back to pride, whereby I'm not willing to go back and have a look or I'm not willing to be authentic in that relationship because I'm scared of right? How dare you rip yourself off, let alone them? Yeah. And the other thing is, you know, when you think about life on this side of the veil, one of the ways that one of the powerful ways 
God moves is through other people. So yes, God speaks through his word. He speaks through experiences, but he speaks powerfully through other people. And the big challenge is if you're posing and you're totally locked into your story and your angst and you're not dealing with your wounds and healing, you miss the opportunity to be a vessel, Christ, speaking into other people. And so if you're a father, if you're a biblical man listening to this podcast, you're a husband, one of the big jobs you have is speaking into your wife, speaking into your children, and you want to be hearing from God to be able to do that. And I was thinking about, you know, my dad was an entrepreneur. He came from an entrepreneurial family and all my dad's business ideas failed. So in the eyes of the world, you know, he failed at all his business stuff and ended up working for the man for the rest of his life. And you go, well, in the eyes of the world, he'd be a failure. But the reality is standing around his bed with his extended family, people coming in to see him. He was so loved. He had done an awesome job as mm. a father and a husband. He loved my mom so well. And you go, that's a life well lived. That opportunity can be blocked from us because if my dad had been so wrapped up in his own stuff, I wouldn't have gotten the benefit of the wisdom because he wouldn't have been available to share it with me. And so you think about the life of Jesus, and I've been thinking about Jesus a lot. And I just imagine that guy walked around with a always on twinkle in his eye because every room he went into, he was totally authentic mm. and, and, and it impacted everybody, right? His life impacted people because he was so authentic. Well, let's just think about the people that have had the biggest impact on us. They are, they know who they are. They've dealt with their baggage for the most part, and they are just authentic and interested in you. They're interested in you. I think we would say about the people that have impacted us most, wow, they just listened to me. Wow, they were just so engaged in me. They were interested in me. You can't be interested in other people if you're not healed. You just can't be. Jesus loves the poses, right? He loved the fakers and the hypocrites, and he was very quick to call them out, not to, sh not to say, look at me, look at you, but more to really reveal to themselves or hold the mirror up to themselves to show them where they were in the moment. You know, Galatians 6, 3J says, if anyone thinks that they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Anyone, listeners, if anyone, if you, if me, if we think that we are something that we are not, we're just deceiving ourselves. And for the fathers on the podcast, you're deceiving yourself in front of your kids who are watching you deceive yourself, to Jay's point before. They see you, and they may not understand the whole version, your wife may, but your kids are actually watching you as Jay was watching his father, as Jay watched his father leave the legacy that Jay's father has now left. And I've been lucky enough to be on Jay's hip as, as he's gone through this process the last couple of weeks with his dad, uh, but it's been incredible listening to the different messages coming from Jay's mouth as he's been in the process, because that's a reflection of the legacy that's being lived, which is, for me at least, a, a true reflection of, of what a man should leave. Yeah, and if we bring this back to secret agent training, what is our mission now as biblical men? We've been saved. We've dedicated our lives to Christ, followers of the way. That's what it means to be a biblical man. You can say you're a Christian. I never ask people if they're Christians. I ask them if they're a believer. Mm. What's that follower? distinction? What's that distinction? You know, I think because Christianity became in the Western world largely this giant umbrella. We're a Judeo-Christian nation. You hear those things all the time. You know, 
once the Roman Empire adopted Christianity as the official religion, they turned it into a religion. But Jesus didn't like religion. He was the least religious guy that ever walked the planet. And, you know, it was called the way. We are followers of the way. So if I ask people, hey, are you a Christian? In America, 70% (laughs) of the people will say yes, even if they're not. But if you ask someone, are you a believer? They know what you mean. Or are you a follower of Jesus? They know what you mean. If you ask somebody who would say they're a Christian, but they don't really know Christ and they don't, they're just not part of the community, really. If they're a believer or follower of the way, that's a far more uncomfortable question than are you a Christian or do you Mm. believe in Christian principles? And so what is it to be a secret agent here? Well, we're not trying to save the world from a nuclear explosion and we're not trying to do this or that. We are trying to bring the kingdom of God into reality so people know it's available right now. That is our secret mission to be soldiers in the army of the Lord, to be ever present to every human being we come into contact with, because every human being we come into contact with, now think about this, it's going to blow your mind. Every human being you come into contact with, regardless of race, creed, sexual identity, gender, doesn't matter. The Bible says that human being was uniquely and wonderfully made by Jesus, and he loves them desperately and wants to see them restored to him. And our mission, should we choose to accept it, we're in the impossible mission force here, right, is being available to that person to experience Christ through us. And you go, whoa, that's a different paradigm to live from. And as I, and, I've, and you and I, Chica, that has been this whole journey the last few years. How can we live like that? Sitting at my dad's bedside, I'm like, yeah, 5%, maybe 5% living that way. And the other 95% of my life, I am caught up in stuff. That when my turn comes to lay in the bed is absolutely going to have completely not mattered at all. Wow. How can I rebalance that ratio? Well, it's the continued healing. It's the continued reprioritization. It's the continued understanding and asking Jesus, what do I need to let go of? What do I need to not pay attention to? What do I need to execute? Because it's my responsibility, but not really care that much about. So I can be totally focused on the people around me. Jay, let me ask you a question. Um, you're the leader of your family. You know, you're the one that's present here with your father. And there's this kind of fine balance of your mourning right now. You're going through grief, but yet you have to hold it together for your family somewhat. Is that a version of posing? You know, my wife and I had that an interesting conversation about that, actually, because one of the pieces of advice my son brought it up, there was a he went through a period in his life that was very rough and he's about to get married. So obviously it's been a lot of stuff going on at our house, but we were having some conversations with just him at the end. How are you doing? Checking in with him. Are you really ready for this? And we were talking about a period in his life that was kind of rough. And uh, he had said, well, dad, you gave me a piece of advice when I was coming out of that. You said, you have to fake it till you make it. And then my wife, and he said, that really helped me. And my wife and I were talking this morning and she said, Hey, do you think that you were giving an advice to be a poser? And I thought about it and and I said, no, I I really wasn't because I wasn't asking him to be something he's not. I was trying to help him understand how do I train myself until it becomes truly natural, but we were headed down the right path of health and healing. And and I think there's a distinction, right? This is pretty messy. This, this whole posing identity, who am I? And so I think it's a great question. No, I'm being who I really am in my morning. I'm checking in with my children and my wife on how they're doing with their morning. And I'm allowing myself to get emotional when I need to get emotional. 
Um, the other night, I just, uh, you know, crazy stuff, right? And, and if you know a lot about the grief process, it just hits you when you least expect it. Anyone listening to this podcast that has been through grief understands what I'm about to say. You know, you think you're okay. You've had your tears. Well, they posted the obituary and I just happened to look at the phone and my dad's picture. And it's just an awesome picture of my dad. And I just burst into tears in the middle of the kitchen, in the middle of making dinner. Everyone's around. That can be an awkward moment for a lot of people. But my wife came over and just hugged me. And I just told her I wasn't ready for him to die. And my children witnessed that. And I just let it happen. A poser would, you know, stop that. Remember that movie? Uh, There's that great movie, The Raining Food. He's like, get back in there, tear. Like, Mm. you know, in our society, that's not okay. I did. What I did is not okay. But it, it is an authenticity that I'm not sure I could have displayed five years ago. Thank you for sharing again, Jay. Well, as we kind of pause this week, let's think, listeners. Yes, Jay and I are speaking to this idea of the poser and holding up the mirror, but there is also a blind spot or potential blind spots in you holding up your own mirror. I mean, if you've ever driven a car, you know that you've got to look over your shoulder because the mirror doesn't show you everything. Uh, There's a blind spot there. So the question that I'm going to pose, and then Jay, you come on in and close this out, is a question that we learned probably about almost a decade ago now from a a smart gentleman in our local area, a believer, a preacher uh, called Jeff Henderson. He used to ask the question, what's it like to be on the other side of me? What's it like to be on the other side of me? And whoever that is, whether it's your best friend, whether it's yourself, whether it's your wife, go ahead this week and maybe take the magnifying glass out and just allow it to hit you and wash through you as people that are close to you, maybe speak into some of the blind spots that you have, because you will never fully develop into a secret agent if you don't know those blind spots. And as you identify them, take Jesus there, because that's where he wants to do his work. Yes. Because blind spots are created by wounding. Wounded animals are dangerous. Your wounding is where you're dangerous to other people. You don't want to be dangerous. You want to be full embodiment of who God created you to be as a man, as a leader, as a human, to bring the kingdom of God into the now for those not experiencing it. Father, we ask as we take pause this week to look at ourselves that you can humble us, Lord, in a way that allows people to speak into us and that you can just... Give us the courage to set down our pride, set aside our pride so that we can hear what other people may say is a blind spot for us that we may not want to hear. And Lord, we ask that you just give us the courage to kind of stand up as men moving forward into 2024 to bring your will and your glory to the forefront. We love you so much. We pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen.